everyone. If you want to be more involved in the show, please make sure to follow our account on Instagram at Therapist Out of Office. We will regularly ask questions that we will answer and dive into in our sessions on screen. We want to make this collaborative between us and you. Thank, Thank you for being, being here and enjoy the show. show. Welcome to Therapist Out of Office. I'm Lior Gal. I'm Maggie Lancioni, and we're both licensed therapists in private practice. Each episode, we will discuss mental health topics that are both mainstream and taboo from both the lens of a therapist and a human being. We show up with humor, authenticity, and vulnerability as we get into the educational nitty-gritty. So come on in, make yourself cozy, and welcome to your session outside of the office. Yo, 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 Lior. Hey, Max. Hi. Welcome to session six. (gasps) Session six. I know. That's crazy. It is really crazy. So happy to be here. Always happy. We're making it. Yeah. Today, guys, if you hear any background noises, you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing our best. The studio might be filled with other people right now, but... uh, But it's okay. You don't hear that. Yeah. Hopefully. Just just focus on our voices. I know. It's like ASMR. Like, (gasps) don't, because I love ASMR. It's going to make me sleepy. Ah, yeah. It's the best. Yes, yes. So today's episode is all about our parents. Mm, parents families family dynamics siblings we get into it yeah we do get into it and we're kind of we're gonna try to be a little bit more linear from like childhood to adulthood Mm -hmm. so stay tuned if you want to hear towards the end of Mm -hmm. how do i talk to my parents as an adult yes yeah to get started with i think yeah jumping right in like why this matters why does it matter to talk about our childhood i think that that's a question i get a lot from some of my clients that are like why is it so important for me to talk about things that happened in childhood when Mm -hmm. like I don't really deem that very important or that's like not why I'm here or I don't really think that anything that happened in childhood is that relevant. So like yeah. why why is it important for us to talk about our childhood? Why that matters? Exactly. And I think, you know, as you guys know, I'm a marriage and family therapist and in session and I know Maggie you and I talked about this is we always bring up your childhood in the first <laughs> session because it does matter. Yeah. And I think that it shows up in our adult life through different things and different ways that we react Mm -hmm. to to situations even if it is at work or with Mm -hmm. friendships or in any capacity of of your day-to-day that things that we've experienced as children do show up yeah and whether that's like positive or negative right it's not Mm. always bad things right like even through modeling like modeled behavior and so like even there are people that say that I I move my hands like my mom moves her Mm. hands yeah and like you know my voice is similar to hers my inflection the way I say certain things so it's like we do get a lot from our parents absolutely not just you know maladaptive behaviors or maybe behaviors that we don't necessarily like about ourselves but also just a large chunk of like our biology Mm -hmm. and like who we actually are yeah it's and I think a lot of that this one question that a lot of us do ask is am I like my parents Mm -hmm. or (laughs) if I don't like certain parts of my parents and we notice that we're acting in that way we're like crap I'm acting like my mom right now yeah and it's so hard to step away from that without talking about it and recognizing yeah. these behaviors like you said whether maladaptive or adaptive mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of like yeah maybe 
I don't want to say this thing is the certain way, but it comes out that way because that's what I've been conditioned right. to do my whole entire right. life. Right. And it's like not your fault. Like if you are mm-hmm. like your parents, like my response is like, well, of course you are. Yeah. You know, of course you are. That's where you were born and raised. It's not only again, like your genetics, it's also your environment, which plays a huge factor in how we learn things. Mm-hmm. And childhood is so important because those are like the formative years where you learn love, connection, communication, you know, what it's like to have a relationship, you know, so many things, so many really important parts of us are, you know, formed during childhood. So I think, you know, every single person carries that with them because you are still you. You're still the child you. You're just in an adult body now. And when you say that, I really think about nature versus nurture. Ah, yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, nature and how that affects us mm-hmm. and biologically mm-hmm. and nurture how we're brought up yeah. and, and what you know how that molds us because a lot of people will say or will come to me you know whether it's a client or, or just anyone off of the streets because <laughs> <laughs> you wear a shirt that says i'm a therapist come talk to me imagine oh my gosh i should get that in the back of, my, on the back of it but don't no okay. yeah right, right um off duty off duty yeah that's a good one um but they'll say like you know my my, even if it's like my parent had um a drug dependency growing up but I don't have that or Mm -hmm. I've I've I own my own business or I have Mm -hmm. you know and and all this success and I always say well the reason for that is resiliency Mm. so even if our family system is very dysfunctional Mm -hmm. and we still come up and we're you know, quote unquote successful or we have good emotional connections or we have good secure attachments with other people in our lives, that's resiliency. Sure. And that oftentimes comes from other people in your life right. that play that role, whether it's a teacher, a doctor, a yes. therapist, yeah. a friend's parents. Yeah. Um, and that's that's something also to consider mm-hmm. when questioning like, well, why didn't I get this gene passed to me or right. why am I not like this? Right. Because there's so much beyond biology. There's also your, you know, your social influences. Mm-hmm. So like you don't have the same social influences as your parents did. You right. go to perhaps a different school during a different generation, a different time. You have different teachers. You're interested maybe in different things. Mm-hmm. I also think too, you know, and we'll get into siblings and all of that, but that's why siblings who grew up in like the same exact environment can be so vastly different. Yeah. Not just because parents treat siblings differently, which they they, they do, yeah. um, but also because you and your siblings can have very different experiences out in the world um, mm-hmm. that shape and change you, you know, yeah. in those kinds of ways. Absolutely, right. Mental health diagnoses, mm-hmm. how we are. Um, and I, I think, you know, talking about this sort of nuclear family when we think about siblings mm-hmm. and, and parents, there was once this idea that a nuclear family was mom, dad, and then like two kids, kids and, yeah. a do- and a daughter. A son and a daughter. Yeah. A golden retriever. Oh, yeah. A white picket fence. Mm-hmm. A van in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> now it's like a SUV. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 a Tesla. yeah. But yeah, exactly. Where we all know that that's not the case anymore. Right. And does that mean that that family system is going to have issues or mm-hmm, going to have, mm-hmm. be dysfunctional? No. Because right. now there's same-sex parents sure. or a single-parent household mm-hmm. or um, they're, blended or families. Blended families, mm-hmm. right? The Brady Bunch. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stepdads, step-siblings. Exactly. Aunts that live there, grandparents that live there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's also uh, really important to recognize that 
even if you do have a nuclear family that does look textbook, yeah. doesn't mean that it's perfect no. by any means. So I think, you know, that's a huge part of mental health is like you can't see it all the time or ever really for a lot of people, right? Like it could, you could look like most of the time, the people that look like they have it all together Don't. are usually the ones that, you know, struggle the, mo the most because mm -hmm. keeping that facade up is yes. hard. I think of, um, and I don't know if you watched this show growing up like so long ago, Which one? Desperate Housewives. Oh, I, I didn't, no. You didn't? No. But I, when you explain this, I think of that show of like mm -hmm. these people being so perfect, mm -hmm. you know, having these homes and it's like this cookie cutter yeah. neighborhood, but like really there was like a oh, murder and yes. there was like, you know, all this drama and infidelity. Yeah. And, yeah. That's, and that's happens yeah it reminds me of uh, the couple uh one show that i did watch at kind of reminds me of was like gossip girl oh my did you watch that xoxo oh i, I rewatched it yeah many times um I d so I, I don't shame me but like I, I don't know that much about it i only watched a couple <sighs> episodes i don't even know how long ago but that's mm. like what it reminds me of it's like you look at these families and they're wealthy and they're you know they they're all together and the kids are attractive and like and you think like oh man they're all perfect and yeah. obviously it's a dramatization of a show but it mm -hmm. lets you know that like mental health does not discriminate yeah. you know and like dysfunction does not discriminate exactly yeah no it absolutely doesn't and i think too when when we talk about these like kids and uh, now so what serena and blair yeah. oh yeah uh, serena had a sibling blair was an only child oh wow you are really and, pulling oh, the info I, <laughs> now i think about it i don't know if there anyone had two siblings uh, that's no, interesting i don't know i don't know, I don't know. I wonder if like TV shows show like bigger families. Like obviously I said Brady Bunch. Yeah, sure, yeah. But yeah. like I have a friend with that's one of five, mm -hmm. which is wild for me to yeah. think about because I grew up with one sister. Yeah. But my uncle is the last of 14. <gasps> yeah. Not I'm married into that side of the family. It's my biological aunt's husband. But yeah, he's the wow. last of 14 with one bathroom. <laughs> <gasps> that's my, my, my husband's, um, mom was yeah. one of like seven or yeah. eight with one bathroom yeah i can't even live right now yeah. me and my my partner with one bath like yeah. i can't imagine having one bathroom i have one child i don't know i could not imagine 14 kids like i mean number tw number 12 has to be lost along the way like i would be like just naming them numbers yeah <laughs> yeah L where's child number 12 thing two things there yeah right oh so, i'm sure yeah. that they really messed yeah. up yeah and like how do you look at birth order from that Right? Because, like, when you think of siblings, you often do think of birth order. Yeah. But, like, when there's so many, just child in the middle. Like, yeah. somewhere in the middle. Like, you're, are they all middle ch children? <laughs> Anywhere from two to 13, you're, <laughs> you're a middle child. <laughs> and then, really, how does the youngest child really act? Yeah, I really don't. That's, I don't know. We, that's, I don't know. It's interesting. That is interesting. But, actually, that's a really good concept and really important thing to talk about because I think that, and all over TikTok, all over Instagram Reels, we always see these, like, jokes about like a uh, youngest child middle child and oldest child yes. and how they act mm -hmm. with their parents mm -hmm. um and and there is some truth to that there's research to that yeah. where yeah. Yeah. your birth order does matter yeah what child are you so i'm the young um, mm -hmm. the youngest she's the youngest and i'm the middle so we're coming from the baby and the middle child which yep. i think i don't know have you been judged for that, like being the youngest sibling? Because <laughs> yeah. I definitely get a lot of shade being the middle child. People are like, oh, you're a middle, you're one of those. I feel like middle child is like actually pretty elite. Ah, I don't you. know why. Thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, like, the youngest child is the best, obviously, but, like... <laughs> Don't tell my sister. Yeah. I do have a younger sister. She would agree that she, she was the agree. best. Well, there you go. Yeah, because I think... <clears throat> and, and we could talk about this, but the... And in this scenario, it's a case of, like, three kids, right? Mm-hmm. Oldest, yes, 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 yes. and child, or and, and youngest, yeah. but... The oldest child is typically, I think, held to a different standard. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot is expected of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of the time, they are the ones being parentified, which we will go into explaining what that means. But that one is typically the overachiever, I think. The one that follows the rules. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then middle child, I'll let you speak to that one since you can relate. Yeah. (laughs) So it's funny because I Googled it because I was like, who am I? Like, what do people think? What do people think? Like, I know, I obviously know of middle child syndrome, but I wanted to see like what the interwebs said. Yeah. And it basically just is like, you know, adaptable, independent, like Mm -hmm. the one that's often feels like forgotten about, like somewhere in the middle. Um, It says like feels left out. Mm -hmm. Um, It did talk about like being a peacemaker. A lot of the um, like characteristics definitely feel, I resonate with them. You can subscribe. Yeah, I can definitely subscribe. It was like, (laughs) you know, people pleaser, the go between for like the siblings. And and I was like, hmm, maybe so, maybe so. Sort of like gets along with everyone in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder. If I did read though that I think I think one of the things said like you can also be like a little rebellious as yeah. a middle child because you're not really. Yeah, like at. if you feel forgotten, yeah, it's like you want to do things to be seen. Yeah, so that makes sense to me too. That does make sense. I, think I saw that on Google. Yeah, I wonder where like <laughs> scapegoat fits into this. Mm-hmm. Like they're the scapegoat, or or yeah, maybe not in a negative way, but also just like, oh, go ask, you know, go ask yeah. your sister, go ask Maggie. Yeah, 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 yeah. What about help. you for the the baby? For the baby, they um are seen as the best, the most amazing. The <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like uh you know what get away like, with more. Like you're more social. I think yeah, you're more outgoing, charismatic. I think it's a manipulative. Manipulative, but is that fun? So funly manipulative, (laughs) meaning like, (laughs) I think it's more of, and maybe, maybe like the youngest and the middle might actually relate to this of Mm. like, if my oldest sibling got it, then I know I deserve it as well. And it's almost like that fairness. Um, And I don't know, because I have a, I have a friend who's a middle child Mm -hmm. and I feel like, you know, she really wants fairness mm-hmm, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. within her family and yeah. I know that I do as well mm-hmm. and I, I wonder if that's where like maybe that manipulation yeah comes it's from. also different too because I know we've talked about this off camera but you have an older sister and I have an older brother mm. so I think that that is also really different him being a male and yeah. me not and the expectations on him versus the expectations on me yeah. I definitely think that we are treated based on our sex for like differently based on our sex for sure absolutely right like we're do you feel like like um, your parents were more lenient with him than they were with you um, or you and your sister? I think so. I think they were a little more gentle with him. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, like, because I can see it. Like I have such, I don't have a second child. I only have one and she's yeah. my going to be my oldest. And I can see that, you know, with the firstborn, there is potentially like a special, Bond. you made me a mom, right? Like that kind of thing. And yeah. I don't know if that's to do with him being a boy and me being a girl, but um, I definitely, we joke, about, we do joke about it in my family unit. Yeah. Like my sister and I are like, oh, he's the favorite, right? Oh. And like, 
I think there's a little bit of truth to that. I don't think my sister and I feel any which way about that. Yeah. Um, and especially me now as a mom, I'm like, I'm pretty sure my daughter's always going to be my favorite. Sorry, child two. <laughs> I'm going to tell child number two. <laughs> but like I can see it playing out in my childhood with my my parents definitely being more, I think, nurturing or coddling perhaps yeah. to him than me. But again, I'm yeah. also very, very different from him. Yeah. So I don't know how much of that is nature mm. versus nurture because I was always a little more spunky and always a little more outgoing and always a little more verbal. Yeah. And like, you know argumentative like I would fight back you know yeah. that kind of stuff you advocated a yeah, lot for, yeah 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 and he didn't and I don't know if that's firstborn or if versus middle child versus boy versus girl like I don't yeah I don't know there's a lot at a lot at play there exactly and as you were saying that I was really thinking about like you guys are three mm-hmm. versus two right yeah. you have two parents and it's three of you yes for me it was two versus two yes and it's really interesting because for our family dynamic, and I think this shows up a lot, is one parent gets close to one kid mm-hmm. and the other parent gets close to another kid. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I don't know how it works maybe in the in a family of five versus a family of four, mm-hmm. but I definitely had experience that where like I was closer to my mom and my sister is, we still are, mm-hmm. <laughs> my sister is closer with my dad. Now, oh, interesting, yeah. That doesn't mean that I don't get along with my dad or she doesn't get along with my mom, but that there is this like almost like mini me complex mm. of like my dad sees maybe more of himself and my sister oh, yeah, and my mom yeah. sees mm-hmm. you know or maybe it's the opposite maybe yeah it's attract uh, um attract in this situation mm-hmm. and so that yeah. is interesting how yeah like birth order the type of family how many family members you yeah, have and definitely definitely what would that be like with 14 kids yeah no <laughs> i know and then you think of the opposite like the only child yes you think of like the single one person little person right and like what that's like right like what I hear a lot of that is like you know in childhood it's like you struggle with sharing like you don't know how to share things because you don't have anybody that you have to Mm -hmm. necessarily do that with I think you know it's like it's interesting to see it like how it's different and how it plays out yeah because you you know you're potentially more spoiled yeah maybe yeah and that mm-hmm. might bring on entitlement it might not because yeah. right? energy isn't like diverted to other kids or you know you get to kind of have exactly. all of that but i also think too that could play into mental health because it's like mm-hmm. all the spotlight yep. was always on You're me under a microscope mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. the time so it could be like you know i'm used to being the center of attention but mm-hmm. that makes me feel like i have to be a perfectionist yeah. and if i make any mistakes like it's going to be noticed because yeah. there's no one else to you know grab that attention from me exactly exactly mm-hmm. and so if you do so if you're not an only child and you have siblings mm-hmm. the uh, idea of siblings causing us trauma yeah is also very real mm-hmm. just like our parents could influence us in many ways yeah so can our siblings yeah absolutely yeah like i mean there's you could go really far into this as mm-hmm. in terms of like you know siblings who are abusive or siblings mm-hmm. who are mean um or siblings who have health related issues yeah um and so like how that impacts us. I mean, it's not just our parents that have an impact on our mental health and our outlook. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that when when that happens and, and let's say you do have a, a, you mentioned health, let's mm-hmm. say you have a sibling with, with some sort of um, physical health issue even or, or mental and a lot of the attention is placed on them because they, they, they require it mm-hmm. for you know whatever reason that might f- make us feel some sort of way and yeah. that might stay with us moving forward even if it's not anyone intentionally putting the trauma mm-hmm. on you it's how it's how it landed in in ourselves yeah. in that moment how what we took from it of mm-hmm. maybe i'm like not that important or i have to be the good 
kid because my sibling is not or right or my sibling is sick and I have to not take a lot of attention exactly exactly and I I'm totally segueing here for a quick second because I, I was just thinking about it but when a lot of the times, because you said physical symptoms, and I, I think about like stomach pain or mm-hmm. like uh, kids that come in with like to the doctors with oh, like yeah. stomach pains, headaches, and there's no real reason for mm-hmm. it. Typically, um, I always ask, well, what's happening in the household? So yeah, a lot of the times, at kids because they 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 do this they do this subconsciously because it's not a conscious thought, but like they'll see mom and dad fighting in the home, and in order to break that up, instead of being like mom dad like stop stop yelling, which sometimes happens, mm-hmm. they'll be like oh, my stomach hurts. Yes, and my stomach hurts, and now instead of the parents mm-hmm. focusing on each other and the fight, they focus on the kid yeah. and getting them the help that they need, and so mm-hmm. it's almost like being conditioned, and yeah. a lot of that. Oh, you know, those psychosomatic symptoms exactly come up with kids more often than we think that like, okay, well, is it really a stomach ache, which it is, yeah, but what's really causing it could yeah. it be a dysfunction in the home. Yeah, I'm really glad that you brought that up because we talk a lot about how trauma lives in the body. Yes. Right. And like that is what psych- psychosomatic is, right? It's like mm-hmm. mental health related that impacts your actual physical medical health exactly um but you're right like getting down to the root of is this medical uh versus is it psychological not that one is more real or valid than the other they're both very Mm -hmm. real and valid it's just like how to treat it exactly i think it's really important to recognize right the pain is real it's really there yeah it's just what's causing that pain and yeah Mm -hmm. trauma and so to (laughs) to that first question that first topic that we talked about is is it really important to to bring up now Mm -hmm. even if it happened in childhood i don't know do you have ibs (laughs) (laughs) or do you have like chronic stomach aches or or headaches headaches or back aches or (laughs) anything in your body (laughs) yeah and you don't know where it's coming from maybe yeah you just never know or even just understanding like some of your behaviors like how did i become this way like when you were talking about just kind of going back a little bit but like when you were talking about um, like having siblings and like mm-hmm. how they obviously how they cause trauma, but and it's like you could also be the sibling that does that without even realizing that you're doing that. Yeah. So my example for me is I'm six and a half years older than my sister. Oh. So when she was, you know, six and a half, I was like going on 13, right? Wow. Terrible. I mean, yeah, how were you worst. when you were 13? <laughs> so I was like, you Bad. know, I don't want this six-year-old, like, you know, coming around me. And I remember, like, oh, she's so annoying. I would try to block her out of the basement because we would play in the basement, like me and my cool kid girlfriends, like, <laughs> you know, and my six-year-old sister or whatever, <laughs> like, you know, whatever age she was, like, you know, trying to block her out of that. And she, like, remembers. She's 25 now, and we're very, very close. But she does remember that. And, yeah. like, even though it was me being, like, an angsty teen, yes. she does remember feeling, like, not wanted and left out. And I remember her feeling annoying. And it's, you know, yeah. I mean, for her, it's like, you know, she looks at that situation. She's like, I didn't like, I didn't feel good yeah. during that. And now I'm like, you know what, that, you're right. Like, that probably really did suck as this, like, little kid. Yeah. And I can Developmentally, <laughs> where a 13-year-old is at is, like, not you know going oh. through a lot <laughs> yeah your brain your brain doesn't even develop until you're 20 no i so don't think i really was <laughs> consciously being that way but that's what i'm trying to say is that like you don't necessarily have to have intention you know to yeah. actually affect someone i didn't intend to have her carry that with her her whole yeah. life at me at 13 however she she knows it she remembers it yeah 
And now the tides have turned because she's so cool and 25. And I'm like, do you love me? Do you like me? <laughs> I'm 31 and old. You're so cool now. <laughs> oh my God. So, so roles have reversed. The tides have turned. <laughs> yeah. The turntables have turned. Yes. My favorite thing to yes, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, that's, so, that's so funny because, and I wonder if like that's why youngest children are manipulative and charismatic mm. is because we want that attention maybe, so badly maybe. from our older siblings because I know yeah when like when my sister had her friends over I would be like sneaky and like spying on them <laughs> and like oh, let me hang out with you guys because my sister's four and a half years older than me okay, which is yeah. still yeah, like yeah, a pretty big age gap yep um but I remember I thought like she was so cool I would of steal course. her clothes like yeah. all of that so now I'm like why are you wearing that? Like, like it's, it's so funny how like things have shifted. Oh, for sure. Um, for sure. But to to that extent of like siblings causing trauma, mm-hmm. that also can be because of something that's called triangulation or mm-hmm. parents talking about yeah their you know let's say like my mom talking to my sister about me or yes, my yeah, dad talking yeah. to me about my sister mm-hmm. and that coalition. Yeah. almost forming like the family coalitions mm-hmm. and, and I guess that's when I spoke before about like me and my mom were close me and my sister and my dad mm-hmm. were like, those are coalitions yeah and mm-hmm. we were pinned against each other subconsciously not consciously mm-hmm. where I knew that if I got yeah. in trouble mom if yeah. my sister got in trouble dad yes yeah you know who to pick I knew who to pick yeah. I knew to go to my mom because I knew that she would you know take my side yes so that also affects us is yep. you know if our parent vents to mm-hmm, uh, about mm-hmm. us to our sibling mm-hmm. that's uncomfortable yeah. or if there's secrets yeah in the oh secrets yeah. that's a whole i know you know uh, i know and it also makes me think like even a step further of like one parent coming to you and venting about your other parent oh yeah that's and what that does because i see terrible. that a lot in like um clients of like uh, divorce yes um you know i used to work with children a lot back in the day mm. before i was in private practice yeah. and i would see that constantly yeah. dad talking to child about mom mom talking to child about mm-hmm. dad and it's just like wow like that is what what a crappy position to put your child in and you know also from the child's perspective it's like I don't want my dad to not talk to me so Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell him to stop talking to me about mom because I love him and I'm getting attention from him at least it's like such a such a crappy traumatizing position to be in yeah exactly and in in a way it feels like it's like this um pseudo emotional closeness yes yeah of like it's a great way of putting it oh they they trust me and they want tell me all these things mm-hmm. but really it's like they're pinning me against my other parent yeah. or mm-hmm. they're pinning me against my sibling or they're pinning me against whoever yeah and that is not fair because you deserve to create your own uh, opinions about the people in your life yeah even in friendships and yeah and you're a child and you want to be loved so you don't want to tell your dad yeah. no or your mom no or whatever you know you don't you don't you just want it to be like okay you know exactly. you just want it the status quo so you're not really you know it's also not your job to have to do that at a at a young age but yet it becomes like something that you feel forced to have to do exactly and it's and it's really really hard yeah mm-hmm yeah, and that is kind of like what leans into like parentification and like becoming right. a parent, a 
parentified child. Yeah. Um, which basically means that you're a child with the expectations of a parent. And for some, it's like really extreme. Like you're responsible for working and paying mm-hmm. bills and making lunches yeah. maybe for your younger siblings or making dinners for the family. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be parentified in like real parent ways as well as the emotional like space. You yeah. know, you're doing emotional work. Well, dad, don't worry. You know, mom yeah. loves you or like yeah. you're managing the arguments of the household. You are held to mm-hmm. an adult standard as a young young child yeah exactly and i and a good example for that is even like and you might relate to this more but like because you were six and a half years older than Mm -hmm. your sister my sister was four and a half years when my sister was still around not in college she would have to drive me to my dance practice Mm -hmm. and softball Mm -hmm. and you know whatever extracurricular activities i was doing or to high school like so she was expected a lot of that now is that really parentification or is that mm-hmm. your parents, you you know, having their their older child yeah. help out um, yeah. because both of my parents worked and they, you know, they needed yeah. a little bit of mm-hmm. help. Um, and how much does that really affect you? I guess that would depend on your sister's perspective. Exactly. Right. Like if she was like, hey, it was annoying, but you know, whatever versus yeah. like. I was forced to do these things against my will mm-hmm. that, you know, and I was told I couldn't go to the party with my friends because I had to take care of my sister. You know, it really depends. Per- perception, right? Like perception is the reality yeah. of, you know, how we've lived. Yeah. So I think it really depends on that. And what is it that you said in in one of our past episodes? In, intention does not equate impact. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even if it's like, you know, I, I just want to make sure that we're putting this disclaimer is we don't want anyone leaving this episode being mad at their parents. <laughs> like, oh, I'm yeah. going to be mad at yeah, you yeah. now. <laughs> Look at all the trauma you've caused me. Like, maybe it didn't, maybe it didn't. And maybe yeah. your your parents' intention was not to do that because I think parents are fallible and we, we right. tend to recognize that as we get older mm-hmm. and our parents go through our, their own trauma. Yep. And that often impacts us. Right. Now, that doesn't excuse it. it sorry it explains it but it doesn't excuse right, it right and so that there's a lot of work to be done around that and I yeah. don't want anyone leaving here feeling like <laughs> yeah I do actually try to do that work with my clients a lot I know mm-hmm. that the session is not about their parents but I do often ask what was your mom's upbringing like yeah what was your dad's upbringing like and then you shed light to their losses mm-hmm. their grief their traumas yeah. and you're like oh like you, yeah. you the, the thing is, is that we look at our parents as one role, our parents. Mm-hmm. We also forget that our parents are also sisters, brothers, aunts, yeah. uncles, Kids. students. <laughs> yeah. Like employee, like they are so many other roles other mm-hmm. than mom. Do you ever, did you ever remember thinking that? Like I rem- distinctly remember a time in my life mm-hmm. when my mom was on the phone with one of her friends gabbing about something. Yeah. And I was like, ew, my mom's a friend. <laughs> like someone calls my mom to like chat about like life I'm like she's not just like I distinctly remember being like wow my mom is not Mm. just my mom well how old were you do you remember um I think college I think I was in college like I was probably 18 like 18 19 I went away and I don't know I just remember like wow this is like crazy like that she has so many other facets of her life that she has different roles yeah and like when looking into the history of my parents it it does explain a lot and you're able to say like no it's not excusable obviously what happens in your childhood however it does explain that they were also children who have not had the opportunity to heal yeah that's so interesting I never I personally never had that Mm -hmm. uh 
happened to yeah. me. But what it's like I, an existential crisis for me. I was like, <gasps> yeah, no, no. She's but, not just here for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my best friends. I feel like my parents always had like friends around that I, yeah. I always got to see that. But like, um, for me, I think that moment was the one time I saw my mom cry. Mm. And guys, take what you want from this by like diagnosing me. But I, I grew up in a household where nobody cried. Yeah. I cry. Yeah. I have no problem crying. Yeah. And I don't hide me crying either. I'm like a professional crier, so. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's So, again, resilient. Do you want to have right? a cry-off? I will win. No. I, <laughs> I will cry right now. <laughs> but, no, but that, I mean, that's the point of resiliency of, like, yeah. okay, just because I, I was modeled, that doesn't mean that I do it necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think my sister cries, but besides the mm-hmm. point. Um that was for me that moment was like oh my god like my parents have emotion like that's crazy to me or like they're Mm -hmm. sad and even if it took my like childhood dog passing away like yeah it was that and I I remember how sad I felt um, yeah seeing that because I wasn't used to it yeah and that kind of like lends into like as you become a teenager like as you get into your teenage years like how your relationships with your parents change yeah and like I do when I went away to college like I remember like my mom and I would like write letters back and forth like yeah. you know it was a cute thing oh my that gosh, we did letters? yeah we did like handwritten cards like me and my grandmom would do that because I was like an hour and a half away like you know whatever yeah. it was cute but I do remember like my mom started to talk to me more about like things in her life yeah. that she didn't necessarily talk to me about when mm. I was a child which is appropriate right. um but that I think that that's probably what really sparked my wow like my mom yeah. is a human being with like all these complexities because she then started to open up to me about, you know, her life and her relationships and yeah. her marriage. And like, I remember when I got engaged, mm-hmm. we would have conversations around what it's like to be a wife from her perspective. Wow. I'm like, oh, I forgot you were one of those. Like, you know, it's <laughs> like, you know, so it, the relationships really do morph and change as you get older yeah. with your parents. Exactly. And that's the thing too, is that our what you just said is our parents a lot of our parents do try to shield things from us Mm -hmm. as children sometimes that's not the case and that's does cause a lot of trauma sure but even finding out later in life of like oh my parent made a mistake whether even if it's like my parent went to rehab where i thought they just went on a vacation all of a sudden i found out they they had you know a drug dependency Mm -hmm. or alcohol dependency and so it's it's a lot of dealing with that as an adult of like my or even as a teenager Mm -hmm. 18 is still a teenager like i i think of back then what i was like versus now and i was like i was a child like why didn't my parents let me do anything like there's no way i have a question for you sure what were you like as a teenager were you a good kid or a bad um, I was, I think I was a, probably a good kid, but I was vastly <laughs> different out in the world than I was in my house. Yeah. Um, I was very angsty in my house mm-hmm. and very, like, I think angry in my house. Yeah. And I was very much like a shut in, like, I just wanted to be in my room and like very isolated. Yeah. And yet at school, like mm-hmm. in high school and college, very outgoing, very wow. charismatic. Uh, I made myself known. I mm. was, you know, always involved in things at school. I think I had a good amount of friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, it. I was very, like, I guess, di- a little bit more dynamic, I guess, like yeah. 
difference between like my social self versus my like at home self. Right, right. And I think and thank you for sharing that because that just goes to show that we act differently in each 100%. relationship that we have. Yeah. Yep. I think I just I I expelled so much of my I my energy mm-hmm. like being social. Yep. I didn't want anybody to see me as sad because right? this is the stigma, right? Like you don't want anybody to see you as sad or see you as depressed or see you as anxious. Mm-hmm. So you spend a lot of energy like trying to be who the world wants you to be. And then you yeah. go home to your safe place, which I was fortunate enough that that's what that yep. was for me. My room was my safe space. And I would just like wow. let it like let it all out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, it's good that you had that. Yeah. I'm sure your 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 mom was very <laughs> she did her best. Yeah. <laughs> she definitely did her best uh, yeah. with with that. I think as teenagers, so many of us, if not like all of us, yeah. go through like an angsty teen phase oh, of like I was angsty. You know, I you know, I was wearing like my checkered like vans and like my checkered bell and like Fallout Boy and Panic at the Disco what and about, Avril Lavigne. Oh, wait, wait, what about Oh, so you were you were a little bit more punk, right? I was a little bit more punk, yeah. Did you did you ever wear those like Victoria's Secret leggings to say like pink on the butt? Oh, and 100%. that was like the coolest thing yeah, you could possibly definitely, wear. Definitely wore those. Juicy. Yeah, juicy. <laughs> juicy. Oh god, yeah. No, that wasn't me, but I've definitely had a pair of the <laughs> <was me>. the, <laughs> the pink pants. Um, but yeah, so what about you? What were you like as a teenager? I was really good mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I was I was always like afraid to get in trouble. I think yeah. like, in school, I agree. My, I relate to that. Yeah, my favorite thing to say was like I've never gotten a detention, which mm. is like oh, well, I definitely had detentions. Yeah, like who? Yeah, at the mm-hmm. time, I think I, was, I feared it so much. Um, my parents let me do whatever I wanted. Mm. Both me and my sister, mm-hmm. we were allowed to go to our friend's house whenever. I could have friends over whenever. Wow, I was. I, I was allowed to have boys in my room, like, mm-hmm. but because I had so much autonomy, like, I was good. Like, yeah, I didn't yeah, do, yeah. I yeah. didn't, the, the only rule that they had for me was don't drink yeah. alcohol. Yeah. And I actually abide by it. Yep. Like, I really, li- until sophomore year of college was really the first time I actually drank. Mm-hmm. Before that, I had no interest. I was, like, afraid of it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this, is, you know, this thing's scary. Um, And... It wasn't until I think it was like my senior year of high school. And and this is really why I really enjoy working with this population with like young adults, teenagers is I was um I was on birth control. R- were you ever on birth yeah. control? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. For like probably 15 years. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 And this this birth control is not like recalled and like nice. it's not on the great. Yeah. So, you know, it, it made me great. It made me a great. Person. Awesome. <laughs> um, and I remember this was the worst thing I've ever done was I got I, I cannot forget it. I got up on my bed and I like was screaming at my mom I don't even know what we were fighting Mm. about I feel so bad for her like and I pushed her I literally Mm. pushed my mom and I've I'm not a physical person I'm not Mm -hmm. even like an angry person like that and I remember doing that and the look on her face and she was like yeah what did I do wrong kind of thing like she wasn't even mad at me yeah because she could tell that I wasn't okay like I was really spiraling anyways I got off of the birth control and I was like way way better Mm -hmm. um and I, I, so guys, a lot of TMI over here. I hope you're enjoying this, but like I tried going back on birth control lately. Um, and I had that same, same reaction. Yeah. And I remember talking to my mom on the phone. She was like, why don't you just get off of it? Like, you don't need this one. Like that's, yeah. a, and I, I, it brought me back to that moment of like, whoa, like I wasn't myself, Yeah. but I was But like think influenced. about how much you're already going through as a teenager, yeah. let alone when you're giving 14, 15 year old girls hormones. Right. Like, I mean, we could, that's a whole other topic, yeah. but you know, I just think that it's just not fair. Yeah. Right. You're already trying to figure so much out. Like 
on your own biologically, like what's happening in your body, let alone with like supplemental things that, you know. Exactly. And it affects the mind. Yeah, absolutely. I'm shocked by how similar we were. Like our child, yeah, my parents are very similar with the, um, the, like the autonomy. And because of that, like I didn't really make any quote unquote, like, bad kid decisions like never snuck out of my house never 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 had alcohol until I was 21 which I know is crazy but I still not even like a big alcohol drinker um but yeah like I'm just interested in that Mm because I I didn't have a lot of friends that had families like that a lot of my family's like we have dinner at five o'clock I was like what's a family dinner like my family was very loose like no definitely could have friends over definitely could have boys in my room like I was yeah it's interesting because I don't think I've really met anybody else's family that's like that mm-hmm. wow well mm-hmm. maybe for me for me I chalked it up as like I'm foreign so like my parents yeah, are not yeah, American yeah. And so like I have different rules I'm not foreign yeah you're not <laughs> well maybe you are <laughs> You're born in your own ways. I was but born in stupid America. Yeah, you're born in America, though. <laughs> but yeah, it, it does. Boring America. I think culture does play a role for sure in a lot of yeah. these things. And like that's why what we're talking about, it doesn't fit all because culture does play a role. Yeah. And I think it also comes from like my mom's upbringing. Like mm. she was our primary caregiver because my dad was working and always mm. out of the house. And he actually worked relatively far away. Some some days he wouldn't even come home because he was so far away. Wow. And so she was like our primary um, caregiver. Yeah. And just relating it to like her background, I think she just wanted a different childhood for us than for her. Mm. And so she raised us drastically differently, which I think mm-hmm. as a mom now, I can see how that works, right? Like so many of us, if we're parents, like, you know, if any of you are parents, you do see how you're like, here's what I liked in my childhood and here's what I didn't and here's what I hope to change, right? Yeah. And I, unfortunately, slash maybe fortunately, your children, our children will do the same. Like yeah. we're not gonna be perfect parents and no. my daughter one day might grow up and have her own family and say, here's what I loved about what my mom did and here's what I didn't like. Oh God, it hurts me. But it's true, like I'm not gonna be perfect. And so, you know, I think that goes to show how our childhood, everybody's childhood impacts like their future, right? Because my mom is utilizing her childhood as a catalyst of change for us. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And that speaks to what is our parents' trauma or like Mm -hmm. what is their role in that idea of generational trauma? What is passed on to us? And am I going to be the cycle breaker mm-hmm. in this family dysfunction, yeah. Yeah. right? So it's it's sort of like if my parents are like, um, ah, this, is, this is so funny. I've never heard of this before until I was dating my partner, but I was told that like the Irish tendencies mm. of like dealing with things are very just like bury the boy bury the boy of like oh, we yeah i didn't know it either i'm not irish at all so yeah me, can't speak me to that. neither my kids will be yeah, <laughs> but yeah i'm not and i i remember him telling me that and i was like wow what so does that mean what's bury the boy bury the boy, bury the boy. it's kind of just like we don't talk about the feelings do you have to say it like that I don't know why. Maybe bury the boy, bury the boy. <laughs> yeah, like maybe it's just like a very like monotone, yeah, like yeah, yeah. doom. Mm-hmm. But like it's it's that idea of like we don't talk about our feelings. Yeah. So we don't talk about like I guess mm-hmm. in this scenario, death, of course. But like yeah. we don't talk about big topics. We yeah. just kind of like sweep it under the mm-hmm. rug and like we move on. Yeah. And um, I feel like like I am. I keep going back to this, but it's just such a big thing. Is yeah. like culture does play a role in yeah. like these dysfunctions and like yeah. if you're 
Irish or Italian mm-hmm. or you know whatever Russian. You sweep and, it all under the rug, and you move. Yeah, and you move and you move to America, and there's like a melting pot of people, mm-hmm. and you see your friend uh, Sue's family like talking about everything, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, I want that, and like my family doesn't talk about that. Yeah. Then we we can say as we or we notice as we grow up that like hey this is something that i do want to have within my family or like you said like dinner is at 5 p.m right such a foreign concept it's such a foreign concept but we we do like it and we Mm -hmm. we gravitate towards that so maybe that's what we pull from yeah and routine yeah it helps to know like at least i'm going to see my family at five like i always we all get together at the table but then even just kind of like when you were talking about your husband's family Mm -hmm. um there's also like the other side of the coin where families express too much emotion oh yeah right where it's like high emotional Mm -hmm. expression right like where it could be like anger and you know violence and you know just like really inappropriate scary emotion right so like there is a balance to all these things i think um because my family was definitely way more emotional. Yeah. Definitely. And primarily from my dad. Yeah. Super, super emotional guy. Interesting. So, and like, I think that there's beauty to that because yes. it kind of, you know, tears down the barrier of like, you know, machismo Mas- yeah, and masculinity. masculinity at the same time that it, there is a balance, right? There is a such thing as like too much emotional expression where you know because anger is an emotion right and like there are some families that are like highly volatile and highly aggressive and highly angry and how that impacts you as Mm -hmm. a child growing up Mm -hmm. so yeah absolutely yeah and just because your family is one way doesn't mean that you're going to be that way Mm -hmm. um and just i think most important is understanding that understanding that part of you that is triggered by these things and is it fair to have to be the cycle breaker yeah no it's not fair and the question is what is best for you in that scenario yeah and recognizing that like you know basically what it means to be a cycle breaker is to take all the things that have happened generationally in your family Mm -hmm. and try to not do those things anymore and that's really hard because it's really all that you and your family has ever known Mm -hmm. so to do that work hopefully you do it in tandem with a wonderful supportive therapist can help you do that but to do that work is it's not seamless and perfect and easy like Mm -hmm. you know there might be some experiences where you do have moments where you're like crap that was not my best self and oh man am I going back to those behaviors and I'm trying so hard to break these patterns and that's what when you had said like we're fallible humans like we're not perfect and you can still be a cycle cycle breaker and still have some moments where you're like crap like yeah I didn't do that great right that doesn't mean that you're less of a cycle breaker it just you know it just means that you're human and you're trying and it's hard to break a cycle absolutely i'm laughing because when you say cycle breaker i keep thinking you're about to say psycho breaker Mm. and i don't know why that's what i'm (laughs) you're a psycho breaker you're a psycho breaker um because it almost feels like insane to break a cycle yeah because it's so hard yeah i i know i keep saying like like it's not fair but like the the best thing i've ever heard in my life is like life isn't fair yeah things don't happen all the time for a reason yeah. and that like mm-hmm. just because something bad happened to you doesn't mean that you deserved it yeah it just and you're fair. never going to meet someone who has nothing like yeah. nothing going on in their life that they didn't have any experiences in childhood that were like less than favorable you're just not going to meet anybody that had like yeah. you know this seamless perfect experience everybody has something life is filled with adversity yeah absolutely yeah. and we uh, and as parents and uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying as parents. Yeah, yeah, that just hit me. As a as a parent to my dog, um, I will say (laughs) to your prince, (laughs) Nikolaj, prince Nikolaj, that 
it is I, I would assume <laughs> it is important yeah tell me what it's like being a parent yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> let me let me tell you <laughs> what it's like um but I would assume as a family therapist um it is important to teach your kids to experience adversity because it's about problem solving skills mm-hmm. and resolutions mm-hmm. and uh, uh, properly being um, prepared for the dysfunction yeah. of the world mm-hmm. that not, not everything is going to go your way you're not going to get everything it's like what is it, like golden silver spoon or something yeah, mentality yeah, yeah. of like uh, handed to on a silver spoon yeah, yeah 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 silver platter yeah yeah okay right so it's it's like yeah your parents might do that but like also like your life's not going to do that for you yeah. and so being prepared is yeah gonna be yeah and you know as children and as as adolescents, you have way less control over that, right? Like your parents mm-hmm. do set the tone for your household. Yeah. There's not much that you can do as a child and as an adolescent because that's there. It's their house. You don't really, there's not much that you have too much con- control over. Right. When you start to enter adulthood, that's when I think, you know, I think mm-hmm. most of our community members are adults. Yeah. And that's where it comes into play of, okay, what do I do now that I recognize these things from my childhood or my adolescence? And now I want to have boundaries or now I want to have better relationships with my parents. Now I have children of my own and I'm finding all the stuff from my childhood is coming up and coming out on my child. Um, so the adult part is where I think you, you can take a little bit of the control back and what that looks like and feels like yeah and i also wonder about what what does when does that come when does that time really come because when you mentioned that story about being 18 and Mm -hmm. you recognizing that your mom has friends yeah and like it was almost like that moment for you Mm -hmm. but like when is that moment and i think it's different for everyone of like being an adult yeah quote unquote whatever that means Mm -hmm. and being expected to still uh, I guess like act Mm -hmm. like you are a child like a a small child you're still your parents child Mm -hmm. but like the the role that you play now is going to be very different yeah I think that's really hard for parents too to recognize Mm -hmm. that their children are not children yeah like that is I think tough too as we all have parents. Most of us have parents um, or yeah. some kind of caregiver um, for, for you to say like, no, I'm an adult now. Like I get to make my own rules in my own house and for my own family. Mm-hmm. And that's sticky because you have your parents that are like, I still know best for you. Yeah. Like I still know you better than you know you because I mm-hmm. raised you and this isn't how I did it. And this is what is right. And I think that's when it gets really hard in terms of like, if you if your parents were controlling when you were growing up and are still trying to control you as adults or if your parents were really immature you know emotionally immature or parentifying you as you mm-hmm. know a child and they're still trying to do that to you as an adult yeah. now um where you go from there i think um that can be really hard work to do because i think we've talked about this before but you can't change anybody else's behavior right yeah. you're not going to change your parents no it's not going to happen they have to do that work themselves. So really, it's how do we cope with that? Like, how do we now cope with who they are, who we know them to be now that we're yeah. adults? Um, and how do we change these patterns and set mm-hmm. boundaries and say, like, yes, I'm still your child. However, not really anymore. Yeah, right. And especially if there's codependency involved, mm. right? Mm-hmm. When we're really glued almost to Mm -hmm. our parents Mm -hmm. or we can't imagine you know what 
how can I possibly make this decision without asking my dad first? It's, yeah. it's sort of like the um, the oil change in the car of mm. like you bring your car to this to the whatever dealership or yeah. wherever you go. Um, and they're like, yeah, you need an oil change. You need this. You need that. And I, it's always, I don't know what you do, but I'm always like, oh, okay. <laughs> Let me call my dad. <laughs> Let me call my dad. <laughs> dad? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's, yeah, it, it yeah. yeah, there's big things. And there's also like, what do we stop coming to our parents for? Yes. And yeah. what do we continue to, to mm-hmm. right? Like you said, when you got engaged, your mom got to talk to you about right. what it was like being a wife. And for you, that was an okay boundary. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if it was like, maybe uh, your parent telling you how to raise your child yes that's yeah. like i would yeah. assume a mm-hmm. big no-no for people yeah of like that's what i see a lot working with a lot of moms oh, it's yeah. like now that i have my child like you know obviously we want you to set boundaries for yourself but i think yeah. a lot of the motivation comes when you have kids mm-hmm. of like now i really need to set mm-hmm. these boundaries yes. um and yeah i see that a, a lot it's really hard to work through and going along with codependency there's also enmeshment right like families that are just really like and if you can't if you're not yeah. watching the youtube but like i'm just interlacing my fingers like a really just like yeah. overlapping like everybody's involved in everybody's business mm-hmm. there's no like secrets or no secrets. you know like we can't function without all knowing all the ins and outs and details of each other's lives and what that can feel like to feel like you have no space or no yeah. privacy or you know um that kind of thing and when you have children for some people it's like i kind of want to distance myself yeah. a little bit to be able to do this on my own to create my own family unit if that's mm-hmm. what you have and you know it's just it's all it's all tricky there's there's a lot of of webs to be unwoven and a lot of webs to weave. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you're so right. And and enmeshment basically just means that you are fused together. Basically, yeah. With mm-hmm. your with your family members. And that's really, really difficult to get out of. Yeah. And yeah, as teenagers we might rebel and then as and then we come back together and then as adults we might notice that like, hey, that's not working for me anymore mm-hmm. and I, I need a little bit more autonomy. Yeah. Um and at that point it's really hard. And I think you gave me earlier a really good analogy of a bike and yeah. I, I want you to share it. So the analogy that I like to use a lot with my clients is like I say picture your family, your whole family system as like a bicycle, mm-hmm. right? And like everybody is a different part on the bike, right? Like your mom might be the seat, your dad is the steering wheel, you are a tire, your brother is a tire and your other brother is the chain or whatever. <laughs> right? So like everybody is a piece of the bike. Yeah. The bike functions because you're all as you should be, right? Like yeah. everybody is in their roles, everybody is in their dynamics, mm-hmm. and the bike functions. Whether it's dysfunctional or not. Right, even if it's broken bike. The, yes, there is function in dysfunction, right? Because it's mm-hmm. just the homeostasis of how we always were. Yep. Now, say you being one of the tires, you come into therapy and you're starting to do a lot of change. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we pop a hole in the tire. Yeah. That entire bike is not going to function the same right Mm -hmm. like those the steering wheel might not be able to steer as well the other tire is like oh my god this is a lot of pressure i can't do this all by myself this back tire is now popped right so the entire bike changes so i think when you're in therapy and you're doing like a lot of this work on yourself you are changing your family dynamic and your family unit and they might not like that right like they might not like how much growth you're doing or the boundaries you're setting because you're changing the entire system that was once a once a beautifully functioning bike yeah. is now weeble wobbly or just not functioning the same weeble wobbly yeah <laughs> uh, it's i have an 18 month old i use silly words <laughs> wibbly, wibbly. <laughs> but you know like that's what it is it's like we're one big 
uh, you know, system. And we, all of our roles are in place because that's how our homeostasis has always been. That's how we've always functioned. Yeah, exactly. And I think with, when you think about each part of this bike is we each have our own family roles. Mm -hmm. And so we play a different role. And so if one, if that tire is punctured and there's air coming out and it's really just means that there's change and Mm -hmm. we're doing different things, Mm -hmm. that's, that role is changing right it's growing right and it's almost like so when you think of family roles you think of um the hero Mm -hmm. the rescue rescuer the mediator maybe even the scapegoat yeah the problem per you know child Mm -hmm. and when one of us changes that changes the whole dynamic right so basically what happens after all like this change and like if you pop a tire and somebody is growing and changing the entire family systems right like from a family systems approach the entire family is rocked and changed and the roles that we all once had the dynamics you know of our family they kind of are forced to shift along with us Mm -hmm. um even though they might not like that i see that a ton in the work that i do um especially with my younger population of clients mm-hmm. um like their their early 20s um when they're doing a lot of this work which is a beautiful thing to be doing yeah. this work so young um the families don't like that they're like yes. and they come they approach it in a way of like you're so who do you think you are mm-hmm. like setting this boundary or oh that must be therapy you know speaking yeah. like they come from it come to it with resentment and anger because you Mm -hmm. are changing and that means that they are not benefiting from how the system once was absolutely absolutely and that's why it's important to bring in the parents yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. even with adult children Mm -hmm. yeah bringing in the parents for a session is so helpful and and so because yeah and i also think about like how outside of session it's um talked about with their parents of like my therapist actually told me that you abuse me <laughs> and then it's like okay well we're I mean, that's not funny but yeah, yeah. no yeah. no it's it, it's funny because in in the sense of like that's how they feel yeah. and it's coming out in a way where the parent is going to feel very defensive yeah, yeah. and then no change is really going to happen oh yeah or no growth well that's a big thing right like you see this a lot even in media portrayals of um you know uh, therapy i don't know if you've watched wednesday the show obviously and you know um oh boy i'm blanking on tyler's dad the sheriff yes was said something to the effect of like i hope you're having fun in therapy because mm-hmm. i messed up your child or whatever like yep. that's like the you know the unfortunate stigma is that parents they think that you go to therapy because they're the ones who are so effed up which sometimes that's true mm-hmm. uh, however they're effed up because probably their parents and it goes on and on and on we've talked about generationally yeah um but what i would hope for is that parents go like I'm so glad that you're mm-hmm. doing this work, right? Like we stand a parent that says like that like I'm so glad you're doing this. I'm so glad that you're healing from things that impacted you. And yeah. I'm sorry that I was a part of that, but I want our relationship to strengthen and I'm glad that you're doing that work. Like how beautiful yeah. would that be? Like how different would the world be, I think. Um uh, but parents look at it as a, you know, you're so ungrateful. You know, mm-hmm. I gave everything that I could to you and yeah. you know, and you think that you were traumatized. You know, they invalidate, they placate, they do all those kinds of things mm-hmm. and um you know, it's 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 really it's really hard, and I think we see a lot of this as people become adults, like adult clients. Yeah. Um, and again, like from my perspective of clientele, it's when they become parents and they start mm. to realize that a lot of this stuff is coming out of them from mm. childhood, and it's now like I'm terrified, or even 
clients that want to start a family right. and they're like, I'm terrified to do this because yeah. I don't want my crap to like bleed onto my child, right? So like, yeah. I want to do this work to make sure that I am the best and healthiest version mm-hmm. of me mm-hmm. to not continue to pass this on. So it's con- that's when we call reparenting, like reparenting ourselves. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of us get triggered when we are around our parents, <laughs> when, yeah. like, like in the sense of like being an adult and yeah. then whether it's like Friday night or Saturday night dinner, Sunday night dinners or mm-hmm. holidays, which are coming yeah, up. Quickly I approaching. Mean, yeah, well, one already passed. Yeah, so. one big one already passed. Mm-hmm. And now we've got the, I'll say the winter holidays. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that is that is really challenging for a lot of us because it is everyone under a pressure cooker Mm. and like you're not stuck in there unless like you don't have a ride or there's (laughs) no ubers around but it's it's emotionally you might feel stuck or you might feel like you're going back to your childhood self when you're around your parents and that is really really hard especially around the holidays Mm -hmm. when it's supposed to be so cheerful and fun and happy to be setting boundaries yeah didn't we i think we talked about this in one of our previous sessions of just Mm -hmm. like when we go home and our parents like your parents and my parents still have our childhood room the same way and like going into that room it's almost like i go it's almost like blue. I don't know if you watch Blue's Clues, but it's like Blue's Clues. Do we? No, do. I don't. I. <laughs> but like, I'm sorry, Maggie. I, I do not. <laughs> All you know is like Gossip Girl. I know Blue's Clues. Okay. Coco Melon. Yeah. I have Coco Melon from TikTok. Okay, there we go. But it's like when I walk into that room, it's like I blue skidoo, like right back into like me at 13, 15 years old, like angsty and angry and sad. Yeah. And so, yeah, like if you're going to homes filled with, you know, either childhood memorabilia or just homes where all your family is, yeah. um, it's really triggering and really hard. And yeah. so like, you know, setting those boundaries mm-hmm. around the holidays, I think is really important ways to say like, I don't want to have that conversation. This is not something I want to talk about yeah. or please stop bringing that up or like knowing to limit your time, right? Mm-hmm. Like setting a ride if you if you don't drive yourself, like setting a ride and a plan in place for an hour after you get there yeah. or whatever. Escape there is plan. no, yes, an escape plan. <laughs> there is no, um, you know, what is the word I'm looking for? Like pre- prerequisite, I guess. Like there's no yeah. determinant of how long you have to stay somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, just if you're, if you feel like judged or forced by your family, like remembering that you get to set the limits and you get to set the rules yeah. aside from their perhaps shame or guilt or whatever it is that families typically try to do to manipulate our time yeah. and energy. Um, you know, you are the one that gets to set those things regardless how other people react and respond to yeah. your boundaries. Yeah, I, I fully agree with that. And I think too, from the lens of like uh, culture, ethnicity, race, and how that really plays a role as oh, well sure. of mm-hmm. like, if you really can't set boundaries, mm-hmm. now you have to decide what that word can't means to you in this mm-hmm. scenario because we cannot speak to everyone in anything. Mm-hmm. But if you are sitting there and you're like, F this, like mm-hmm. I can't set boundaries. My parents will just d- d- like own me. Sure. They'll take me off the will. They'll, you know, not talk to me ever. Okay. So make it be manageable for you Mm. like go into it what is manageable how how can I have my escape plan that isn't necessarily obvious Mm -hmm. um if that makes you feel uncomfortable like um, I mean this is my go-to all the time but I also deal with this all the time so actually it's not really an escape plan it's just my life um (laughs) but, but like my stomach hurts 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. My stomach hurts. I have to go. I'm having an indigestion. Yeah. Or, like, oh, I don't know. I just don't feel well. Or I feel mm-hmm. so tired. I don't want to drive so late. And, mm-hmm. like, when you notice those yourself getting really, really stimulated, triggered, you know that that's your sign to yeah. kind of be like, hey, I'm peacing out. Yeah. So boundaries can be, like, verbal. Mm-hmm. They could be physical. They could be mental. Yeah. I mean, they, they could be in all, yeah. all these different types of yeah, boundaries. Yeah, you, you got to remember that you're the only one that's taking care of you. Right. You're the yeah. only one that's taking care of yourself. I mean, other people can show you care. At the yeah. end of the day, though, you have to take care of yourself. No mm-hmm. one else is going to protect your mental health for you. Mm-hmm. And it's really important to do that. And yeah, I mean, even for some people, it's like there are family. I mean, yes, there are a lot of us that are going to be around our families. And then there are some people who can't be around their families because yeah. they know it's just too much. It's it's yeah. it's it's too triggering. It's not not good at all for their mental health. There are people who are no contact right. with cut their offs. parents. Yeah, cut off from their parents. Um, and how that is in mm-hmm. not just around the holidays, which of course is is troubling but or hard. Um, but also just in life in general. Here, yeah. even this episode could be tough to hear if you're like, I don't talk to my parents or yeah. I don't even know my dad or whatever mm-hmm. the case is. It can be really really hard to to think about and to talk about. And at the same time, just remembering there there is no right way yeah. to live your life. You have to yeah. do what is best for you because I have worked with clients who do are no contact with their parents and they get a lot of shame and guilt from other family members or from friends that are like well you're at least you have a mom like you're lucky that she's alive or what like whatever and there's a lot of again shame guilt and invalidation around why you're no contact Mm -hmm. but you know why you are no contact and you are valid in sticking to that Mm -hmm. doesn't make it any easier but um you know you're doing what is best for you yeah and sometimes and just when you when you said that about like i I may not know my dad like family doesn't equate to blood yeah absolutely (laughs) i'm glad you're bringing that up yeah yeah Yeah. because i could be uh you know we we could be raised by our even our grandparents but yes by by anyone uh uh, i i always like tear up at these stories on facebook which is like i I need to get off social media because it literally just like you could be happy and sad all in the same second yeah of like teachers that like oh, like adopt yeah. their you know their students mm-hmm. and like uh, it's not like matilda yeah <laughs> yes matilda. Yes, yeah. yes yes which sidebar there's a musical coming out oh. matilda the musical i'm a huge musical nerd um really? so i'm just letting everybody know if you don't know that matilda the musical i think she's coming out soon mm-hmm. and i'm really excited wow i'm um i'm just a part of matilda for the cake for the chocolate cake oh it looks so good that chocolate it? cake i know to die for i can't it. watch that I, I can't watch it without having a chocolate yeah you cake. have to have chocolate um, cake. well yeah obviously but yes miss honey she, miss adop- honey, she adopts she adopts yeah yeah matilda, matilda. and and that's that's the point as well and even if you feel that quote-unquote like rescued but Mm -hmm. that person is not treating you with respect Mm -hmm. with that person whenever you feel like something's not right you don't owe anyone anything that's a big thing Lior that people think they're your parents you owe them respect Mm -hmm. you owe them your time you owe them kindness whatever the case no yeah. No. no. And and I always say this and I and I meant to say this earlier is you didn't choose to be here. Mm-hmm. Your parents yeah. chose for you to be here. Yeah. In some capacity, whatever it is that they did right, in order right, for right. you to be in this world. You were born. You yeah. were born and it wasn't up to you. And that that's life, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But then that means that the, the you know, they're responsible to take care of you, not you're responsible to take care of them. Yeah, which is hard because a lot of times, you know, if you're a parentified child, Mm -hmm. if you're in an enmeshed family, if you have high emotional expression in your family, you can start to feel like it is your burden to bear, that you are 
responsible for your parents and responsible for the household. And that can be a lot on children. And yeah. you can't tell me that you don't carry that with you in adulthood. Oh, yeah. And I mean, even just looking at it in your own relationships with your friends, do you have the same role with your friends as you do as your family? No. Like that's something interesting to, to look at. Yeah. Cause some people do like, some if people do. Yeah. Like if I you're don't. the, if you're right, right. Cause mm -mm. also too, you can also be like you, a therapist yeah. aware of like, I don't want to have this role mm -hmm. with my friends. So I'm going to change that. Yeah. Or you can be someone who you're like, well, my role has always been caretaker. So I'm also going to caretake my fam, my friends, or you've always been a people pleaser in your home because that was the way that your parents showed you love was like when you did things well or when you got an A on your test, yeah. that was the only way to get their attention. Um, and you might do the same thing at work, right? Where you like mm -hmm. overachieve or you say yes to everything and you're burnt out, but you don't know how to, you know, set a limit or a boundary. And so these things definitely are carried with you yeah. throughout your entire life. Yeah. Unless you start, you know, identifying them and working on them. Exactly. And mm -hmm. hey, that's what therapy is for, right? That's what therapy is for. <laughs> um, what do you think is the biggest controversy, a controversial topic? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is the most controversial topic within families, I guess, around the holidays? Lior. <laughs> Probably politics. I mean, definitely, definitely. Oh my gosh. Politics. Especially now. With everything yeah. that has happened and is mm -hmm. still happening, mm -hmm. this th since I mean, 2016, yeah, this was like dividing, like yeah, family dividing, yeah. Oh yeah, yes, absolutely. Uh, it's a tough, and I think a big thing lends to like I think we have such a tough time. Well, I should say the older generations have a really mm. tough time with change, yeah, um, and growth. And I just see it even in terms of like my parents around um, uh, like technology, yeah, like. I say this to my mom all the time. If she listens to this, I'm like, mom, you know what to do. Like you have, you have to learn. You have an iPhone. If you have an iPhone, then you also sort of kind of know how to use a MacBook. Like, yeah. and like, you know, or YouTube, it. like, yeah, like, you know what Safari is like, you yeah. use it on your phone. You can find it on your, like the same thing with like Amazon. She's like, okay, so well funny. I put it in my cart and then where do I go? Ma, come on. Like, <laughs> you know, like, these are conversations we have all the time about just like, I'm like, you gotta learn. You have to adapt yeah. it's been around for a while and i don't foresee it going anywhere and mm -hmm. that's just like a silly example but that is even true in regards to like political outlook and right. you know social injustices and mm. things around religion and things around politics and around mm -hmm. you know lgbtq rights and yes. and our orientation and gender expression and all these things where it's like oh my god you say they them and it's like their whole world is like <laughs> rocked and sh oh my god everything i know to be I'm literally knocking over that. I'm <laughs> knocking. Very, I'm very passionate, passionate about this topic. Yeah, but I like agree with anything you. that we know to be true is now like rocked and shaked because pronouns are changing. Yeah, and it's just like you know. Yeah. It's like let's vibe. Yeah, we got we <laughs> got to move with the time. We have to move yeah, with evolve. We have to evolve. We have to change. Adapt. We have to adapt. I mean, without that, like, where are we going? Like, what what is the you feel point? Stuck. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of uh, uh, charged conversations uh, probably around politics during the holidays. Yeah, and and our our advice to that is again just say as much as you feel is necessary mm -hmm. for you take you know take it w with a grain of salt if you want to fight back you fight back yeah if you don't and you just kind of want to okay like that i don't subscribe to that it's not me yeah but like right. whatever you do you that's your choice yeah. um 
or you might you know and, uh, cutoffs might form from that which yeah we kind of said. which have definitely happened from elections and from you oh, know politics yeah. but i think kind of like you said um some people uh that i've spoken to like some of my clients they're home for holidays and they know yeah. that there's nothing that they can do to change somebody else's mind around yeah. politics we have to like it's called picking our battles right we have mm-hmm. to know some people you're just going to have to nod your head and go along okay okay whatever because you don't want to engage you know that if you say otherwise it might spark a serious argument yeah so some people it's like you know i'm just gonna i'm just gonna let this go because it's not worth it some people you might be able to say like hey last time we talked about this we really argued and i just rather not yeah you know other people you might say might say i just don't want to talk about politics or some people you might say oh i have to run to the bathroom Right. Like exactly. there are so many different ways My to kind of. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. I, there's so many different ways to kind of go around, um, you know, go about having these conversations or, or disengaging from these conversations. Yeah, absolutely. So we hope this helps you over the holiday season. We hope so. And just in general <laughs> yeah. with our parents and our families. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you don't see your parents a lot. And, and yeah. if you do once a year and you're dreading it, then mm-hmm. maybe maybe focus on what you can gain from it. Yeah. Even if it's just like a lovely meal, if mm-hmm. that's possible. And yep. if it's not, then maybe what you can gain afterwards, get yourself some ice cream. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, thank you all for being here. Thank and we'll you so see you much. next week for session Seven? Seven, eight, nine, seven, ten. Eight, we nine, we don't know. <laughs> you know what? We're we can't even keep track anymore because this is so fun. I know, we love it. We love you guys. Again, as always, let us know what we missed, what you'd like to hear more of, yeah. what you found really relatable for you. Uh we are here for you all. So thank you all for being here. Yeah. We love you. Bye. If you'd like to be a part of our community, ask us questions, be involved, laugh your tuchus off, and enjoy some hand-drawn art, don't hesitate to follow us on our socials, both Instagram and TikTok, at Therapy Gal for me, Lior, and at Therapy with Maggie LPC for me, Maggie, and our shared Instagram, at Therapist Out of Office. Write a review, follow, subscribe, check us out on YouTube if you want to watch, listen to our podcast on most major platforms. We cannot extend our gratitude enough. Thank you all for being here and for being a part of this. We love you.